This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Good morning. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's kind of hard to see. I know a lot of you may not be familiar with our ministry, and so let me just take a a few minutes to just touch on our ministry for uh, just a little bit. Our ministry this summer will be celebrating 120 years. Institutional ministries began back in 1901 when a group of concerned laymen and pastors from 30 different congregations in the greater Milwaukee area saw a need to serve people that were in institutions and they began this ministry. Our ministry is a parasynodical ministry, which means that we're a lot like like an area Lutheran high school in the sense that uh, we're not supported by the synod, we're supported by congregations and individuals. Our ministry has what we like to think of of four pillars, four pillars of ministry. There's the, there's the corrections ministry, where we go into jails and prisons. There's the healthcare side of our ministry, which is not just physical health, but mental health, and so hospitals and mental health facilities. Then there's the extended care, where we, we go into nursing homes and uh, rehabilitation centers, hospice care. And then finally, there's our ongoing support. And there we serve people that are struggling with PTSD and different kinds of addictions. I've been involved in uh, corrections ministry since the 90s, and it's the part that I'm most familiar with, and that's what I want to talk about this morning in my sermon. And this is a, a tremendously huge mission field. And I mean it when I say mission field. We are missionaries out there. For while we serve our own people in these institutions, the the vast majority of the people that we serve do not have a church home. A lot of them don't know a lot about Jesus Christ or why he really came and why it's important. And it's huge. In the state of Wisconsin, we have over 109 facilities, jails and prisons, just throughout the state of Wisconsin. So it's a rather large, large mission field. All right, I want to start off this morning by having you picture something in your mind's eye. And so I give you permission to close your eyes if that helps. I won't be too concerned until I start seeing these heads going like this. (laughs) <laughs> All right, here's, the, here's what I want you to picture. I want you to picture a gathering of the criminal element of the city. People that live outside of the law. The, the gritty underbelly of the city. Only here's the thing. This gathering is not some 2 a.m. get-together at some notorious nightclub. It's not in some back alley where drugs are being sold. 
It's not some red light district where prostitutes are conducting business. No, this particular gathering happens to be in broad daylight in the heart of the city, a place where the community regularly gathers together. Okay, so now maybe you're thinking, so what's going on, right? What are all of these people doing here, this disreputable element of society? What are they doing here? Well, interestingly enough, they've been, they've been drawn here by a preacher. Now, he's no ordinary preacher. In fact, his reputation is just above reproach. As the saying goes, this is a man who doesn't just talk the talk. He, he walks the walk. He lives the Christian life. What's more, he's a powerful preacher, and his, his message, his message touches people's hearts. And so when they hear about this little impromptu Bible study he's conducting here in the city, they start showing up to listen. Now, there's another group that's also there gathering around the preacher. And this group is <laughs> far different from the one I've just described for this would be the, the respectable people of the city, right? These are people who, who go to church regularly and appear to be quite devoted to scripture and prayer. In fact, they make quite a show of their devotion to make sure that everybody realizes just how zealous they are. Interestingly enough, this second group is a little put off by the preacher for gathering this <laughs> disreputable element around him. They watch and they listen and they quickly come to the conclusion that this man can't possibly be a godly man for no true man of God would gather the likes of such sinners around him. Now, if that story, if that setting, if that scene that I've described for you sounds a little familiar, well, there's a good reason for that. It's really the scene that Luke describes for us in the beginning of chapter 15 of his gospel. You see, that community preacher is, is Jesus. And the disreputable element around him is is referred to as the tax collectors and sinners. And the respectable citizenry that, that want nothing to do with those people and finds fault with the preacher for doing so, well, those would be the religious leaders of Jesus' day. Let me turn to the word of God and Luke chapter 15, and, and, and listen to how, how Luke describes this scene for us. He writes, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners. 
Luke 15 is one of my favorite sections in scripture. And I find myself referring to it quite often in my prison ministry. In the remaining verses of that chapter, Jesus tells three parables. Parables that, that reveal to us the very heart of our Father in heaven. The first was the parable of the lost sheep. The second was the, the lost coin. And, and the third, perhaps the greatest gem of them all, the parable of the lost son. Now, I'm not going to take time today to go through all of those parables. You're, you're familiar with all of them. Instead, what I want to do is, I want to focus on these two verses at the beginning of chapter 15, where Luke presents us with the circumstances and, and, and the setting that prompted Jesus to tell those parables in the first place. And, and as we focus on these, these opening two verses, you might be surprised to find yourselves in complete agreement with the Pharisees, albeit for the exact opposite reason. For clearly, Jesus welcomes sinners. Now, when we read these opening verses here of chapter 15, I think it's easy to understand why the the people that I minister to find those, those parables that follow so precious. You see, the souls that I serve in prison can readily identify with this group of outcasts that are gathering around Jesus that day. And so let me, let me elaborate a little more on this, this group. The tax collectors and, and sinners, as uh, Luke identifies them here, are really, are really two different groups. Although today, <laughs> people might just lump them all together with a term like, you know, scum of the earth, right? Or dregs of society. Now, the tax collectors were in that group for two reasons. First, they were considered to be traitorous Jews, because they worked for the, for the hated Romans. And secondly, they, they, they would extort more taxes than were actually due in order to line their own pockets. Sinners, on the other hand, that's a term that uh, is very broad. It's a term that is typically used to describe people who live immoral and wicked lives. So this was the, the people, the group that was gathering around Jesus that day. And they were gathering around him, not because he was some politically correct preacher who only made, you know, passing mention of their sin. No, Jesus openly condemned their sinfulness. And yet they were drawn to him just the same because of the gracious message that, his, that he proclaimed. And that message, that message went something like this. For you, yes, even you, the dregs of society, for you, there is forgiveness. I will lay down my life as a ransom for many. God is eager and he is able to pardon your sins. 
repent, believe. As you can imagine, such a powerful message of grace is a message that continues to draw sinners to Jesus. And I could tell you numerous stories of of sin-burdened souls in prison, people who are carrying around a, a, a tremendous burden of guilt on account of their sin, people who, uh, whose eyes literally fill up with tears every time we talk about the grace and mercy of God who, who not only pardons their, their sin but, but lifts that heavy burden of guilt. And these are real people, my friends. Um, every time I read that section of my sermon, I'm reminded of a, of a young man by the name of Lucas, and he was carrying around a tremendous burden of guilt because of what he had done. And every time we got together and we would spend time in God's word, it was like the, the lights were going on. You mean God even loves me? He forgives me? Of course, it's this glorious truth that Jesus welcomes sinners It's also of comfort to us too, isn't it? We may not spend our days and nights locked away behind prison doors on account of our sinfulness, but it's not as though we've never lived outside of the law. Like foolish sheep, (laughs) we wander away from God and we quickly fall prey to the devil as we chase after different things and get led away. Like that lost son, the prodigal son, we, we chase after the, the pleasures of this world rather than the pleasure of our heavenly father. And it is because of this that we find th- this message that Jesus makes so vividly clear to us in these three parables about the lost, so precious to us, the fact that Jesus welcomes sinners. Now, I want to go back to those two verses again because I think there's another lesson that that Jesus is teaching us here. You see, Jesus wasn't just reaching out to the tax collectors and sinners that day. Jesus was also reaching out to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Think about those three parables that Jesus told. Parables about the lost. Jesus wasn't just acknowledging the fact that he welcomes sinners. That he searches for them when they're lost. Parable of the lost sheep, right? That he rejoices over them when they're found. Parable of the lost coin. Or that he, that he gladly receives them when they return to him in repentance. The parable of the lost son. No, Jesus was using these parables to confront these religious leaders of their own sinfulness not the least of which we see on display here in their lovelessness toward others. And so with each of these stories, with each of these parables, 
Jesus tells about the love of God and he is attempting to, to shatter that self-righteous attitude of the, of the Pharisees by, by pointing out that a gracious and loving God seeks all of mankind because all of mankind is lost. Even these men. Now this was going to be a difficult lesson for them to learn. You see, they believed that they were in good standings with God, right? As opposed to the, you know, the tax collectors and sinners whom they deemed to be unlovable by God and therefore unworthy of their concern. Maybe you remember the story of the Pharisee in the temple. Oh, I thank God that I am not like other men. That was a lot to overcome. And yet their failure to recognize their own sinfulness not only fostered a lack of compassion towards others, but a lack of appreciation for God's love and mercy toward them. Unfortunately, this can also be a difficult lesson for us to learn. And I want to try to elaborate on this point by drawing your attention to another parable that, that Jesus told. This one's from Matthew chapter 13. If you want to look it up later and re- remind yourself of everything that's in there, please do. This parable perhaps will remind us or make clear that sometimes we have that same pharisaical attitude that is on display here. The parable that I'm referring to is the parable of the the weeds and the wheat. Remember that one? Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who goes out and he sows good seed in the field. And then an enemy comes by and sows weeds. The crop comes up. And it's a disaster. There are just weeds all over the place. The servants see this and they come to the master and they say, Master, should we go out and pull up those weeds? Remember what he says? He says, no, leave them alone. I'll deal with them at the harvest. Now here's my point. Every time I hear these words of the Pharisees, this man welcomes sinners. It reminds me that all too often my attitude is just like theirs, just like these servants in that other parable who just want to go out there and pull up the weeds and get rid of them. Jesus, on the other hand, (laughs) Jesus wants to engage them. Because Jesus wants a relationship with them. Call them weeds, sinners, outcasts, dregs of society, whatever. Just understand that what Jesus sees, Jesus sees the souls of people for whom he lived and bled and died. And while he walked the face of this earth, he did everything to make it possible for them to one day return to him in repentance and be saved. And now here's the kicker. Now he's entrusted 
that mission to us. That work has been given to us. Right? Remember what he said to his disciples, you will be my witnesses, starting right here in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, and, and we start where we're at, and we just go out, and we spread the gospel. And I'm pretty sure he, when he said those words, I'm pretty sure he wasn't thinking, okay, yeah, but when you get to the jail or when you get to the prison, well, you can just kind of go around that. So let me ask you a rather pointed question. How will you regard the tax collectors and sinners of our day? People who, by the the choices that they regularly make, place them outside of God's law? Will you be willing to help? Will you join us in this ministry to all of those men and women in the prisons that are all around us, sharing this most wonderful news that Jesus welcomes sinners? Friends, I could tell you story after story of, of first-time offenders and career criminals that the Lord has sought and found in prison. I could tell you how the, the Holy Spirit used the powerful word of God to, to crush rebellious natures, to, to lift and comfort those guilt-laden hearts, and to mend shattered relationships with a, with a loving heavenly father who, who never gave up hope, never stopped waiting for his wayward sons and daughters to come home. And while I have little hope of seeing many of them outside of prison, I have every hope of seeing them one day in heaven. Because Jesus welcomes sinners. That's the message that Institutional Ministries carries into jails and prisons throughout the state. And that's the message that we invite you to be a partner with us in sharing. Truer words were were never spoken than those words uttered in with complete contempt toward Jesus, this man welcomes sinners. And yet we hear those words and we say, praise God. Praise God, because that's exactly what he does. Jesus welcomes sinners. Sinners like you and me. Amen. Jesus, you joined us here in the world when you were born as one of us. And you joined us again when you walked away from your grave and back into our lives. You still join us whenever we meet people who are hurting, people who are frightened and confused, people who need love. Lord, Take care of the people who are far from home in places they'd rather not be, the hospital patients, the people in residential treatment facilities, the nursing home residents, the prisoners. 
Let them know that they're loved with your infinite love. Replace their despair and turmoil with the peace, with your peace and clarity. Savior, give encouragement and comfort to their families and caregivers. Give wisdom and trustworthiness to the health care workers, to criminal justice officials, and to corrections officers. Lord, guide and empower everyone who works to bring the good news of your grace to hurting people you love so much. We are asking for your help because you promised to hear us and because you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.